Well, good evening, everyone. Great to be with you again for our Wednesday evening prayer time, opportunity to be in the Word in the time of prayer. Delighted to have each and every one of you that are signing in with us tonight on one of our social media sites. Thank you so much for uh, joining with us. For those of you that are here in, in the sanctuary, thank you for coming. It's an honor to be able to just spend this hour with you to, to share the word of the Lord together and then to spend some time in prayer. I did want to just uh, give you some information about some things that are up and coming here at Jubilee Worship Center so that you can kind of mark your calendar down. Um, March is going to be a, a great month. One is because uh, winter will just about be over. It won't quite be over, but it'll be getting close. March will also be the time when we're going to begin uh, bringing back our Wednesday night program. So our children's classes and our different teens and the different groups that will meet together. We will be beginning that on March the 3rd. And then our goal is, is that by the end of March, we should have our Wednesday program back up in full, uh, full bloom. So uh, just like spring, we're going to spring too. We're going to spring forward and we're going to uh, move into a, a direction uh, as we have felt uh, the Lord leading us. And so this is going to be a great time. So I hope that if you can join us on Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you here in-house. And uh, we will probably still continue to do our live stream uh, for, for, the, for Wednesdays uh, because this is such a great outreach for us, an opportunity to be able to, to uh, share the Word of God uh, outside the walls of the church. But uh, we would love for you to come and join with us here in-house, uh, in person, as we worship together and as we celebrate the goodness of the Lord. So uh, make plans uh, in March for that, and we are uh, excited about that opportunity uh, to be able to bring this uh, program back up to you and, and have it available. Uh, it's, it's just a joy to be able to share in the Word of the Lord tonight. And if you have uh, your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, just take a moment with me tonight and open with me to the book of John, uh, John chapter 17. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 17, and I'm going to uh, just take a moment here tonight and, and just talk about uh, this particular chapter because this is a very important chapter uh, to look at. Uh, this chapter really should be termed the Lord's Prayer, uh, although most people, when you talk about the Lord's Prayer, they, they always refer to Matthew 6. But this actually is the Lord's Prayer. This is the beautiful prayer that our Lord prayed just prior uh, to Him uh, going uh, and uh, uh, giving Himself for us. And this is a very important prayer. This is a very important one. And I want us to uh, look at it because in this prayer, uh, this chapter teaches us and we discover really how to pray. Now, I know you've heard me talk about Matthew 6 and, and we talked about the Lord's Prayer as a model of prayer. This is what uh, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he laid out for them a model of prayer. But in uh, John 17, this is where we see, actually, we get a glimpse into the prayer life of Jesus. So we get to see the prayer life and just how the Lord prayed. And this prayer 
uh, is, is really important. And you know, the thing is, we have to understand that Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. And, and in, this, in this prayer, uh, he simply begins by using these words, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. And, and this is a really important start of how the Lord begins his prayer. Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. Now we all know that Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. This is, this is not, uh, for all of us, it's not new that we talk about Jesus praying because this is, this is really uh, what he did much of the time. But what I find even more, even more interesting as you read the Gospel of John is if you look at the Gospel, if you take the Gospel of John as a whole, you look at how Jesus is portrayed by John. And, and, and in John, you're going to read about uh, the tremendous teaching ministry and ministry that Jesus uh, did while he was here. Uh, John is, this is one of the reasons why that I always tell new believers uh, one of the first books to read uh, as a new convert is the book of John because it gives you a tremendous outline and understanding of who Jesus really is. Uh, it talks about his ministry, talks about his teaching. You read about his miracles, uh, his great actions coming through uh, the conflicts with the Jews and the opposition uh, to his own life and ministry. Uh, you see it very clearly outlined in John how he conducts himself in the public arena. So you get a real, a real taste of the life of Jesus during the time that he walked the earth. But what really stands out and what really is probably the most impressive thing that you read about Jesus is those times that we see him drawing himself away and he goes off alone to pray. Uh, if there, uh, it, it's, it's in this place, it's in, it's in those alone moments that he is in communion with the Father and he reaches up to draw strength and grace and power. Um, you know, you read about how that the crowd wanted to make him, uh, uh, take him away and force him to become the king. And when that happens, what does Jesus do? Well, the Bible says in John that he slips away to the mountains to pray. Uh, at the graveside of Lazarus, what do you see him doing at the graveside? Well, we see him weeping and then we see him praying. Uh, he, he's always seen in prayer. We, we, we see this. We, we see him at prayer in a lot of places throughout the book of John. But here in John 17, this is the place where it seems as if that the Lord just lays bare his entire heart. And where we are able to look deep within to understand the burden of his life and the desire of his very innermost being. We get to see inside the heart of Jesus. And I think that this is really, really important. And because of that, from that vantage point, we can learn to
to pray through the way Jesus prayed. And, you know, uh, I think it's important for us to, to take this in. You know, it would be enough uh, just to hear him pray, just to hear his words. So if you, you read it, uh, if you have the opportunity to read John 17, and I, I would highly recommend that uh, after tonight that you take a moment and just pause and just read through John 17. And as you, just to hear the words, is, is, are, they're, they're powerful. Yet, uh, we have an opportunity uh, to really look deeper than just his words. We're able to understand through John 17 what really is going on in his heart. And this is, uh, uh, this is tremendous to be able to, to, see the, to, to see that we can actually listen to as John writes this. And he writes down the prayer that Jesus prays. Uh, maybe if we can gain an understanding of what motivates Jesus when he prays, maybe we'll get an idea of just how we should approach him. Just how we should uh, come to the throne of grace. And just how we, as the people of God, in the, in the manner in which Jesus prayed, this can teach us also how to approach the Father and how to come to Him. And again, I know that, uh, you know, we look at Matthew 6 uh, as a model of prayer, but again, this is, this is more than just a model. This is, this is prayer in action. This is Jesus praying active prayer. This is what He's doing. And so I want us to look at this. And what's interesting about this is, is what, you'll, what you'll notice as you read the text you're going to notice that the Lord prays very unselfishly. Jesus prays very unselfishly. In fact, Jesus in, in John 17, he has eight petitions of prayer, eight requests that he makes to the Father. Two of them uh, he makes to, uh, of himself. So out of the eight petitions that Jesus presents to the Father, two of them are about himself. Six of the petitions are for others. And of the six, three are for his disciples who are with him. And three of the petitions, three of the requests, are for disciples who will come later on. That is you and me. So even, even in John 17, Jesus is praying for himself, he's praying for his disciples. And he's going to be praying for you and me. That's powerful. Uh, when, I, when I saw this, I thought, man, this is, this is really uh, a powerful thing. Uh, I know that, you know, we, we get concerned about the prayers of, of some people. But to know that Jesus, the Son of God, has prayed for us. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Jesus has prayed for us for you. I don't know about you, but that really encourages me. That, that, that speaks volumes into my life. It, it causes me to see things in a different way, that here the Son of God is praying for me. You know, perhaps Jesus was showing us something about how we ought to pray, uh, and, and, and for whom we ought to pray, and 
and really the ratio of, of our prayers. Out of every eight times that we get on our knees, two of those times ought to be in the behalf of others or our, ourselves, and six of those times we ought to be interceding in behalf of others. Think about that. So if you, if you figure, you know, in, in, a, in a, a week, you know, the times we get down to pray, think about this. In our prayer time, how much time are we spending praying in behalf of ourselves and how much time are we praying and interceding in behalf of others and the needs of others? The other thing I want you to notice is, he not notice he says that, uh, my, that Father, the hour has come. This is a very important phrase. Prior, prior to this in John, what you're going to read, you're going to read where Jesus says three different times, the hour, the hour is not yet come. All right? He says it in John chapter 2, verse 4, John chapter 7, verse 6, and John chapter 7, verse 30. He says, the hour is not yet come. But then in John 12, in verse 23, he states this, the hour has come. The hour has come. John 12 is the moment that, that we see when you read, read that, you'll read where it is at that moment that, that Jesus himself is finally, he, he's, he's yielding, if you will, to the will of God. And, and this, is, this is where he is yielding all, all out to God. John 17 uh, is, is a, a confirmation of that, that, that now uh, this is the time. And he says it here, the hour is come. I, I'm willing to yield. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself to this. He knows that, that the hour of his own life is really come to the climactic moment when he's going to offer himself once and for all for the sins of the world. This is that moment. And he says, this is the hour. The hour has come. The time is now. This is it. Before that, it wasn't, he wasn't ready. It wasn't time. But now, the time is here. And so the Lord presents himself, and he prays. And this is what he prays. He prays for the Father's blessing. Notice what he says in verse 1. He says, he prays this way. He says, glorify thy son. This... Uh, is his frequent request. Uh, Father, would you bless me? Would you glorify me? This is the, the natural request of the Lord. Uh, why would he request this? Why would he say this? He says this because he, he doesn't want to go any further in his prayer until he has established the fact that he is in a right relationship and that relationship is clear between him and the Father. He wants to ensure, he's saying, I want you to glorify so much, so much so that he says, Father, glorify your son. Would you bless me? Would you put your hand upon me? Would you keep me? Now think about this. Here is the son of God, Jesus himself, asking for the Father to bless him. You know, so much of our prayers, so much of what we pray is for what we can get from God. You ever notice that? A lot of times we're praying, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. God, you've got to work this out. Lord, you know, this is the situation I've got going on in my life. These are the things that are happening to me right now. But, but for Jesus, his desire 
is to be glorified so that he can glorify the Father. So he's asking, God, put your blessing on my life, glorify my life so that I can glorify you. What he's doing is praying to get something from God so that he can give something back to God. His desire is, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. We, we hear this a lot when Jesus prays. You know, uh, he, one place he says, why do you call me good? There's no one good but the Father. So he, he understands that he recognizes that, that here in this place, what he's doing is praying. And I, I want to tell you that that kind of prayer, the kind of prayer that Jesus prays like this, is the kind of prayer that will get you to the throne of grace and cause you to touch God and receive his power and receive the grace that God can give. When we pray, you know, when, when you're praying to, to be a blessing, when you say, Lord, bless me that I can bless somebody else. Bless me that I can touch someone else. Teach me so that I can teach someone else. Lord, help me so that I can help someone else. When we pray like that, God hears us. And not only does he hear us, but God answers that prayer. And he, I believe this, he will visit us with his grace, with his love, and with his mercy. And so Jesus comes right along and says, glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. Oh, to, to understand this. And I, I got to tell you, you know, this, is, this, is, this ought to be the highest motivation of our life. This was the highest motivation of his life. This was the greatest desire that he had in his earthly ministry. This is the, the one thing that he wanted to do above everything else. He wanted to reflect to the world the almighty presence of God, that God was real, that God has come, that he is there. This is what he desired to do, and this ought to be the highest aim of our hearts, to say, God, would you touch my life because I want to touch someone else. I want the world to know you. I don't want them to know me. I want them to know you glorified. Let me decrease, John said, so that you can increase in my life. Amen. This ought to be the, the prayer, oh, that we, we could be so unselfish, right? Where we wouldn't be so selfish about how we pray when we pray, but that we would be unselfish, that we'd be selfless in our prayer so that we could pray, yes, let the glory come and let the power come and let the grace come, but at the same time, let it reflect Jesus Christ. Let it show God to this world and not of ourselves. You know, there's a lot of people, they love for the glory to come down, but their, their motive is not is not unselfish. Their motive is selfish. They want to look good in the eyes of people. But that's not what we ought to pray. That's not how we ought to live our lives. And that ought not to be our... I think that we would get a lot further in our prayer if we would recognize that it needs to be a, 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 a selfless prayer, an unselfish prayer where we pray, God, we want you to get the glory. We want you to be lifted up. We want people to see you touch through my touching love through my love care through my caring i want you lord to be lifted up and he longed for that relationship with his father and 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 the, the reality is you know the lord you know jesus 
he was on this earth for you know a very short period of time you know 30 33 years or so right around there uh living on this earth and and his longing was for that relationship to be restored to have that that relationship restored again where he would once again be with his father and that he would be able to intercede for you and i and it ought to be the longing of your heart and mine that we have that kind of relationship that that if our relationship is fractured or if our relationship is is not what it ought to be that we ought to say lord that you would be glorified that you would touch my life that you would be lifted up that 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 they wouldn't look at me that i know that i'm a frail vessel i know that i'm fractured i know that that i make mistakes i know that there's things that i don't always do it the right way but god the one thing i desire more than anything else is that you would be glorified it's kind of like david you know david was the bible said he was a man after god's own heart you know why i believe he was because he desired for god to be glorified he desired for god to be seen in everything that he did and he wanted that to be more than anything else. even though he made mistakes even though he went down and, and you know this is this is the way we ought to approach god god i just want you i just want you if i can have you and the world can see you through me then i know lord i know your grace can be poured out i know they'll see it not only that but notice he prayed for his work this was the second thing he prayed he prayed for his work. He prayed for the success of what he had done, for the success of the work he had done. He talked about it. Just oh, He opens up his heart and he talks about what he's done, what he's finished. It, it, if you read it, you, you notice, notice how, he, how he says this. He talks about the things that, that had gone on and all that, uh, such a spirit of, of this prayer operating in our daily lives, that, that we who are sons and daughters of God would open our hearts and just talk to him about the work that he's given us to do. To talk about, uh, like he did, he talked to, to him about finishing that work. He talked to him about doing what he wanted him to do. Lord, I've done what you've asked of me. Father, I've done what you asked. I've, I've, I've finished what you asked me to complete. He talked about uh, keeping. And, and this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, and I, I, I really think that there's a secret uh, of real prayer that really touches the throne of God. And that is when we commune with our Father and we were concerned about His will and the work that He has given us to do. That we're, we're, we're really, God, am I... I, I want to I finish what you've called me. I want to do what you asked. I want to I make sure that I can say like Paul, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the course. This ought to be the, the prayer of our heart that we can stand before God and say, God, I know that you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this. The, the, the saddest thing that could happen to a believer is to come to the end of their life and look back and say, man, I wish I would have done this and I wish I would have done that. And, 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 and we, we, when we were so concerned about, are we going to be able to uh, make ends meet? Are we going to have our 401k right where it needed to be? Are we going to you know, live in the right house? Are we, all these other things. And that, at the end of the day, that's not going to matter. 
What's going to matter is what are we doing for the King of Kings? What are we doing for the Father? Have we completed our task? Or are we going to be on our deathbed saying, God, give me more time. Would you give me just more time? I didn't finish, God. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Or can we go and say, Lord, I finished my race. This ought to be, this ought to be the prayer. This is what the Lord was saying. This is what Jesus was saying. Lord, I've, I've, I'm at that place. If the, Lord, if the Lord were to come tonight, if he were to take you home right now, today, would you be able to say to him, Lord, I finished it. It's good. I've got no regrets. I've got nothing to be ashamed of. I've got nothing to look back on. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? The third thing that you notice about the Lord when he's praying here is he's praying for his disciples. He moves from that, that, that part about, you know, Lord, I know I'm doing this, and then he, then he, then he changes, he, he changes his, his attention. And his attention goes quickly over to, away from himself, to those whom the Lord had given him. And this really strikes at my heart. Because here in this hour that he is facing his greatest moment of grief, it's in this hour that his heart is breaking. In this hour when he's carrying the greatest load. Here, in this hour when his disciples are just a short way off and they're sleepy, and insensitive to the sorrow and the pain and the trouble that he is experiencing. At that moment, he is more concerned about others than he is for himself. He has a, a pain that, that he would like to vanish away. And, 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 and we understand that even more when we look at, at the if you take all the Gospels together and you put them together and you start reading through them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we hear, you know, of the pain of, uh, of Gethsemane, and there he's praying, Lord, let this cup pass from the agony of his heart. And, and somehow, somehow through all of this, his focus is moved toward the ones whom Jesus, who he has, the Lord, the Father has given to him. Somehow I think that that it, it, it's, it's real easy in this present day for us to be prone to turn our hearts and our minds away from the central core of, of what Christ is really all about. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, what happens to us is that, that, we, that we can get caught up in life and, and, and caught up in stuff and, and our stuff and our things and what's going on around us that we, we, we miss what really is the central part, and that is to follow God and to love. To follow God and to love the Lord. To follow God and to love. To follow God and love. It's so important to visit again the prayer of Jesus and, and, and see what was at his heart of his prayer and, and how even in his struggle, the load that he's under that he's willing to bow his will to the Father. Not my will, yours be done. And he, and he, and he prays, and he prays for his, his followers, and he's, oh, 
Lord, make them one like we're one and, and, and keep them like you've kept me. And, and he, go, his, his, he, he prays for them and he, and he prays that these disciples would be one. And, he, and, he, and, 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 and this is his, his, he wants them to be one. And he, and he prays this first, Lord, Father, make them one. If Jesus were to step out right here tonight, step right into this, in, into this sanctuary, step in front of this camera, and he was to pray audibly, what do you think he would pray first about his church? What do you think would be the first thing that came out of his mouth? You know, when Jesus stood before Simon Peter, uh, he said to Simon, he said, Simon, Satan desires to have you and, and that he can sift you as wheat just to shake you to pieces. But he said, I prayed for you that your faith would fail not. And when you get through this ordeal, he said, strengthen the brethren. If Jesus were going to pray for us tonight audibly, what would he pray for you about? Well, I got to confess to you something. I, I might not want the Lord to pray about me first of all, to be honest with you. I, sometimes I know that I'm, I'm a failure. Sometimes I, I mess up, I blow it. But when I think about his disciples and what he prayed, he said, I pray that they would be one. The first burden of his heart is for his disciples that they would be in unity. Now I want you to ponder that for a moment. In, 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 in unity, in the, that, that the love that he has shown them and the lessons that they had learned from him, all that they had seen from him, his first prayer, his first ask to God was not, God, let them perform great miracles, let them do great things. No. It was, Father, I pray that they would be one that they would be in harmony, that they would be in unity, that, that their love and unity would be seen above all else. This is what he wants, and this is what I believe he is praying even to this day for us as a church, that we would be one, that we would be in unity, that we would be a, a, body, a unified body of believers walking together in unity. It's amazing what happens when unity comes over the church. It's amazing when we begin to speak the same thing and we, we, we walk in the same direction and we do you know, those things together where we prefer each other and we look at one another and we realize that, that we are in this together. There's no big I's and little U's here. We're in it together. This is what he was saying. And, and we need to get this message and we need to get it because when we are in unity, listen, when the church is in unity, the world gets the message. Think about this. You know the reason why the world is in so much chaos? We don't want to say it's sin, it's all that sin, it's all that. No, it's because the church doesn't walk together in unity. When we walk together in unity, the, the world sees it. They say, there's got to be something to this. We as the body of Christ, we've got to walk together. We've got to be together. We've got to, we've got to be in harmony. We've got to allow, you know, we, we, we understand harmony. You understand what it's like when, 
When the orchestra, if you ever walk in to an orchestra and they're preparing for their, for their concert, you'll notice how all the musicians are all playing all different kind of sounds. And, and when you listen to it, it it's, just, it's not very pleasant to the ear. But when the conductor stands up and he taps his, his, his conductor's staff and he, and, he, and he goes click, 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 all of a sudden when he raises his hand, all the musicians raise their instruments and then begin to play. And when they play, they play in one accord. And that harmony goes forth and there's distinction and you can tell, you can hear the, the music. And this is the, this is the imagery that, that the Lord wants us to understand. When there is harmony, when there, man, you can do great things. But when there's not, it's nothing but chaos. And so he prays for unity. One more thing I want you to look at before we pray. Notice he prays, not only does he pray for unity, but he prays for protection. The next thing he prays for his disciples is this. He says, not that the Lord, uh, not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil of the world. Now I want you to, I want you to look at this. He doesn't pray, you know, Keep them from the world. That's not what he's praying. He doesn't say, Father, take them out of the world so that they don't have to go through what I went through. No. And here's the real tension that, that, that we have to come to grips with. We are in this world. We're in it. And, 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 even though, and because we are, we're not to be of it. And so he prays, Lord, don't, take them out of the world how many times have you asked god lord would you would you take this from me would you take this burden from me would you take this problem from me would you take this issue from me would you take this situation lord i don't want to deal with this i don't want to go through this again i can't handle going through this, another thing like this be nice <laughs> there'd be a lot of times uh, you know, I prayed just like that. God, I don't think I can handle another moment like this. He doesn't pray, take them out of the world. He prays, keep them from the evil of the world. See, how do you keep yourself separate from the world? You know, some just cry out for separation. I just want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want nothing to do with these heathens. I don't want nothing to do. I just, and, 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 if you know anything about how the uh, monks uh, came into being, uh, their idea was is that we cannot associate, we've got to separate ourselves. So they put themselves behind closed doors and big walls and they wouldn't come out to the public because they thought that would be the way that they could keep themselves from being tainted by the sin of the world. It didn't work. A lot of people think that that's the way it'll be. We just stay away. You can't stay away. It's kind of like thinking that if you keep yourself locked down and you stay locked up and closed up in your house, you'll never have germs. <laughs> Not true. In fact, what it does do causes you to have less ability to fight off. You see, there's something about being in the world. When you're in the world, you begin to see how the world operates. You begin to recognize things for what they are, especially when you're in Christ. 
And this is, this is something that, that we, have to, we have to recognize. And this is what the Lord is saying. He said, Father, I don't want you to, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but I want you, Lord, to keep them from the evil that's in the world while they're in this world. How else, how else are you going to be a light to a dark world unless you're in that world? You can't be a light in the church. You're not a light when you come in the house of God because we're all lights. And light upon light upon light is just light. But out in the world where the darkness exists, where there's, a, where there's an absence of the light, that's where we shine the brightest. In fact, I'm convinced that we shine the brightest in the darkest places, in the darkest moments, in the darkest of times, when things are not going, when we're under the deepest, the darkest persecution, that's when the church thrives the most. And, and this is it. Don't just keep me from the world, God, but keep me from the, e- I, I'll go into the world. They're going to go out there, Father. They're going to go. They're going to have to go in there. They're going to have to deal with stuff. But Lord, when they're out there, you can keep them from the evil one. You can keep them from the evil of the world. And I do believe that God can keep us from the evil one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stop right there. There's more, there's more to this, and we'll pick this up later, because there's, there's more to this. But I want us to think about this for a moment tonight. I want us to think about what the Lord was praying. How the, the Lord said, make, make us one, Father. Glorify me so that I can glorify you. Bless me, God, so I can bless. That ought to be the prayer of our hearts. And I want us tonight to just turn our attention to that. And I want you to be honest with God tonight. Just for, for just a few moments, would you just, just in your own way, as I'm praying, I want you to pray. And I want you to ask the Father, Lord, show in me the things. If my life is not glorifying you, then Lord, show me that so that I, because I want to glorify you. I want you to touch through my touch. I want you to love through my life. I want to be a blessing. I want to touch others. I want you to touch others through my life. I don't want to get caught up. And then, Lord, help me like Jesus prayed for the disciples, to be one with you. And, and Father, then in the world that I'm in, I know I've got to deal in this world. I know that I've got to live in this world. But while I'm in this world, while I'm, while I'm here, and I'm going to be doing your work. And God, I'm going to fulfill what you call me. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss a day, God. Just like Jesus, I don't want to miss a moment. I want to be able to say, I'm doing the work. I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith, like Paul said. I'm finishing the race. God, I'm going to finish this thing. You begin a good work in me. You're faithful, God. You'll complete the work in my life. God, I want you to keep me. So would you with me right now, would you just join with me? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight for your, I want to thank you that John 17 is, is there. God, it does, it, it gives us a bird's eye view. It, it helps us to peer in to what your word says about your prayer life. Lord, it shows us how Jesus prayed. It, it helps us to understand the, the importance of, 
of, of how we pray and watching, Lord, as the Father, come to the Father, how we come to you. And I look at this, Lord, tonight, and I realize, Lord, I realize my shortcomings. I realize, God, that there are times when I know, Lord, that I'm not all that I'm supposed to be. I'm not always where I need to be, and I'm not always doing what I need to be doing. I recognize that. But God, I also know that it's the desire, Lord, of the Father. It's your desire for us to be one. And God, that you desire for me, Lord, and I want so much for you to be glorified in my life. I want to, as John said, decrease so that you can increase. That is my heart's desire, God. I want you to be seen, Lord, in all that I do. Lord, I want my conversation, the words that I speak, the actions of my life, the deeds of my hands, where my feet go. I want them all, God. I want it all, Lord, my body. I want everything, God, to be subject to you. I want you to be lifted up. I want you to be glorified. I truly do, Lord. And I ask you, God, forgive me. Forgive me, God, for the times that I've not. Forgive me, God, for the times that I don't. Forgive me, God, for the times when I know that I should have and I didn't. God, when I should have heeded your word and I, I didn't do it, God. Oh, that God, because I know how much you love us and because I know how much you care about us, because I know, Lord, that through all the things, God, that we go through in life, God, the reality is, Lord, that the one thing that you desire, Lord, most of all, is that we, Lord God, would glorify you with our lives. God, that we would be examples, Lord, to the rest of the world. And God, that, Lord, as, as Jesus prayed for his disciples, that they be one as he was one with you. We too, Lord, need to be one with you. Lord God, there needs to be a unity among the believers. God, that that unity, Lord God, would be God fulfilled. God, because in doing that, Lord, we can finish the work that you've called us to do. Oh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, you said. Because we love one another. Lord God, I know that we come from different backgrounds. We come from, from different cultures. We come from different uh, sides of the street. God, we come from different places around the world. But God, when, it, when it's all said and done, it's the same blood that flowed from Calvary that cleansed my life, that cleansed my brothers' and sisters' lives. It's that same love that was shown to me that was shown to them. It was that same love that you gave to my life, God, you gave to them. And it's the same calling, God, you put on my life that you've given to them. Therefore, God, we are one in Christ. We are one together. The time has come, God, for us to quit looking at all the things that divide us and start looking at the things that unite us. God, you've come to unite our hearts. you come, God, to call us together that we would be one in you. Lord God, yes, we have differences of opinion. Yes, we have different ideas and different ideologies at times. And yes, God, we may even have doctrinal differences, but at the end of the day, Lord God, we need to look for the one thing that we settle on, and that is that you are the Lord of all, and you are the Lord of our lives, and you died for our sins, and you cleansed us from our unrighteousness, and you are the king of glory and you are our father and savior and you've given to us the hope that we have that oh lord that place of unity god is a place where we can walk together god it doesn't matter what the 
the, the title of the door is on the church. It doesn't matter, Lord God, what, whether we're, we're Pentecostal or, 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 or charismatic or, or Baptist or Methodist, Lord God, if we will follow your word, if we walk according to your word, if we follow you, Lord God, if we glorify you with our lives, if that is our prayer, if that is our, our, our longing, God, that we, Lord, be a light in the midst of darkness, then, God, we can walk together in unity. And when that happens, Lord, I believe, God, that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of all the crazy things that are going on in our culture right now, especially right now, Lord, when there is so many divisive things being said and done, where people, Lord God, are pulling off to one side or another, where people, even families, God, have been divided, Lord God, over things that shouldn't even divide them, shouldn't even be there, God. It shouldn't happen because, God, we should recognize and respect one another and love one another and care for one another. And yet, God, in a world that is twisted, a world that has, has tried to do everything it possibly can to separate, because that's the enemy's goal. The enemy's goal. God, the one thing that terrorizes the enemy's camp is when the body of Christ is unified. The one thing the enemy cannot handle is when the army of the Lord Jesus Christ stands up together and we fight and we war together in prayer. When we call together to pray, when we join together, when that happens, all of hell is trembling because they know. They know their days are numbered. They know they don't stand a chance when one another of the body of Christ gather together and unify their hearts. When we together as a, as a church at Jubilee Worship Center, when we join our hearts together, when we pray for one another, when we believe for one another, when we hope for one another, when we encourage one another, when we provoke one another to love and good works, then, oh Lord, there's no room for the enemy to work. When we recognize that our brothers and sisters are only looking out for what's best for us so that we can glorify God. They're not there to criticize us, to put us down. No, they're there to pick us up and to help us to walk. Father, I pray tonight that we would recognize this and recognize, Lord God, how important it is. God, for us, we're in this world. But God, we have, and we have to rub shoulders with this world every day. And God, we go to our jobs and we go, Lord, to our stores and we go to our different places, God, and we do different things. And, we, and God, there are some, Lord, who are believers who go home to unbelievers. And God, there's a lot, of, a lot of dynamics that happen there. There's a lot of things there. And they have to know how to navigate through those things, Lord. But I believe, Holy Spirit, you can speak to them and show them, Lord God, that they can be kept safe, God, against the wiles of the enemy. I believe, God, that you have equipped us and you have, God, you have purposed us, God, for us to be able to stand. And God, having done all to stand, we can stand therefore. And God, knowing, Lord God, that you have provided everything we have need of, God, in order for us to do the task. Lord God, as a people, we do not have to worry. We do not have to fret. God, over the things that we see or the things that we hear. We don't, have to, we don't have to get concerned, God, about what's going on and how situations are happening and things that are taking place in life. But God, we can look and we can hold fast to your word. 
And God, your word will strengthen us. Your word will sustain us. Your word will equip us. Your word will transform us. Your word, God, is a foundation that we can stand upon. And God, when we read, when they read John, God, this is what you said. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God, you came, you came, Lord, you came, you lived this life, you know, Lord, what we go through. You were tempted in every point just like we were, and God, yet you did not sin, and God, now you have gone before us, and you are the advocate, and you intercede for us. And every day, Lord, you're praying, God, just like you did in the garden, just like you prayed for us there, you're praying for us now. You're interceding, God, for your church. You're interceding for your people. You're crying out for them. You, Lord, are, are the one that stands in the gap for us, and we now stand in the gap for those around us. We intercede, God, for our lost loved ones and the people that we care about. We intercede, God, in behalf of those, oh Lord, that are burdening our hearts because, God, we want them to change. We want them, God, to come out from the place they're in. And, God, the darkness that they've been groping in. And the only way, God, for that to happen is for us to shine the light of your love on them. God, sometimes... Sometimes, God, we wrestle over whether or not we would want to or where we should go or how we should do this. But, God, the truth is you've called us to love. He's called you to love. He's called you to love. He's called you to love those who are there, who you know, people that you know them. You know where they are. You, you talk with them. You, you spend time with them, and he's called you to love them. And if you'll love them, I, 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 trust me, I know sometimes when, when, you, when you are loving people in that process, you're going to get hurt. Sometimes they're going to say things that you don't, that, that, that hurt your heart. They're going to do things. But you know what? Even Jesus, when he's looking down on the cross, he's looking down at all those there that were crucifying him and that were mocking him. And he looked at them and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Truth of the matter is, when they're walking and they're groping in darkness, people are groping in darkness, they don't know. They're looking for everything out there. They're searching for all kinds of things to change them. And the one thing is standing there in front of them with hope, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. You just have to shine for the Lord. He'll keep you. He'll keep you. When your heart gets heavy, you can go to him. He knows your burden. When you're, when you're, when you're hearing words that cut you deep and you think, oh God, how many parents have ever heard their child say, I hate you? And that cuts, it cuts deep. How many people have you heard curse God's name and it just cuts and it hurts? But you know what? You don't have to be angry. You don't have to get angry at them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They don't know how deep, they don't know how dark they're in. They're, they're, they're used to the darkness. They're, they're used to it. They've not, they've not done anything. They don't know anything else. But I believe this. I believe that you've been called to the Lord. And the Father's been, he already knows, and he's going to keep you, and he's going to sustain you. He's going to keep you from the evils of this world. He's not going to take you out. I know, I know we want to, God, get me out of it. I prayed that sometimes. God, just get me. I can't handle it. I can't do it no more. But I'll tell you what I found. I have found many times in my life, I've discovered that in the most difficult times of my life where I thought I needed to get out of it, 
the Lord brought me through it. And on the other side of that, I was, I, I'd seen the hand of God do great things through it. And I never realized the impact of what was going on during that time. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for taking me through. Thank you for taking me through. Thank you, God, that I don't have to stay stuck in these places, but that you take me through those places. You take me, Lord, and you move me through the situations of life. You move me through those things that go on. You help me, Lord God, to know how, Lord God, to deal. I, I can raise the shield of faith, God. When the enemy tries to pierce me with his darts, when he tries, oh God, to come against my life, but I, I, I hide under the faith of the shield that you've given me. And that, Lord God, protects me from the darkness. And when we together, God, when we together stand as the body of Christ, Lord God, we hold on to one another and we protect one another. That's why we bear the burdens of one another. That's why, Lord God, we're long-suffering with one another. That's why, Lord God, we care for one another. And that's why, God, we can comfort one another because, God, we ourselves have been comforted with the same kind of comfort. We've experienced that, God. We've seen it. And I thank you for that tonight, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you lead us. I thank you that you guide our hearts, that you draw us into those places, that you take us, God, into those places. Lord God, even though, like David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You even prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and my cup runneth over. How you do those things, God, I don't understand it. I don't know how it happens, but I am so, so grateful and thankful that it does. I thank you for the Holy Spirit's comfort. I thank you for the Holy Spirit power. I thank you, God, that you are lifted up. I thank you, God, that you are glorified. I thank you, Lord, that in every step that I take, Lord God, that it's because you have given me the ability and the power that, God, you will finish. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect yet. I've not made it all yet. But I'm pressing toward the mark. God, I'm going to keep pressing on. And I'm going to keep going on because I do believe, God, that you began this work. And God, if you began this work, you're faithful to finish this work. And you'll complete it for your people. I believe that. If you believe that, just give the Lord a praise for it right now. I praise you, God. I praise you, God, for that. I praise you, God, because you finish what you start. You finish what you start. When we pray, you answer prayer. When we call on your name, you hear us. There's never a moment, God, that you don't you, that you turn a deaf ear. No, you hear every cry of your people. You know them. Lord God, you know them. Even when Israel was sitting in Egypt for 400 years, you heard every cry that they cried out. You knew them, and you were working out all things to their good. You're doing that right now for your people right now. I believe that right now. I believe God can heal people and touch them and change their circumstances. We have a number of people that need prayer, and I'm going to ask you in these next few moments if you'll just turn your attention to the screen and just pray with, about these that are on the screen right now, that the Lord will just move upon them and touch them and heal them and change them. So, Father, we come right now on behalf of Rosalie right now, God. We're asking you for a healing touch upon her. 
We believe, God, that you can move, and we believe, God, that you can make way for her life. And God, there are things that only you, Lord, can do. And so, God, we're believing that. We're trusting you right now, God, for a move. For Ed right now, God, for Ed. We pray, God, that you'll touch him. Lord God, we don't know all the circumstances or why and things of that nature, but we know this. We know, Lord, that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly. So, God, we're just trusting you for healing for him right now and for his wife, Chris. God, we're praying, God, for them right now. We're asking you, Lord God, to touch them and their family. We're praying, God, that you will move upon their lives. We pray, God, for Carrie and Tom right now. God, I ask you to move in that house right now. Father, I believe that you can speak, Lord, over that situation. You, God, can take hold of it. So, God, right now we come and believe, Lord, for your healing touch upon them right now. Move, God, as only you can. God, we pray for Virginia right now, Lord. God, this is a moment, God, for you to touch. You're a healer and a provider. You're the one that d does the work. There is no limitation to what you can do. So, Lord, we pray that you will move upon her life. Touch Sister Audrey, God, right now we ask. Lord, in this moment, God, for a healing touch, that you'll move, Lord, in her life. For Jason, Father, for Lisa's cousin, I pray, Lord, move upon his young life. This young man, God, has a, has a future. God, you have a plan, God. I know you do, and I believe, Lord, that you can turn it around for him. And whatever the enemy is meant for evil, you can turn it around and make it good. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch Sister Ruby. God, I pray for her healing and that, God, you'll lift her up. You'll speak over her life, God, and you'll just touch her, Lord. And for Sister Eva's friend, Tammy and Jeff, Lord, move upon them. God, for Tammy Rouge, Lord, I pray, God, that you'll touch, Lord, in the situation for the test and the reports and things that have to come. And God, the things that the doctors are working, I pray, Lord, for her mom and her brother. Lord, raise them, touch them, strengthen them, God. Keep them, draw them to you, Lord. Only you, God, only you can do this. Pray, God, and continue to touch Patty, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll bring correction, God, to the things that need corrected. I pray, God, that you'll move, Lord, in her behalf. I pray, God, that the report she gets, God, the next report, Lord, will be a good report. I pray, Father, that you'll move, Lord, upon Matt. I pray for his wife, Jenny, right now. Lord, I know that she's got to have a procedure done. I know, Lord, that you're able. I know, God, that you can move. I know, Lord, there's nothing impossible with you. I believe even before she goes into the surgery room that, God, you can move and touch her. God, raise her up. I pray, Lord, for that family right now. I pray, pray for their family members. I pray, God, you'll just touch. God, I pray for Ben Rogers and his family. God, continue to touch them and strengthen them for Emmy. Lord, God, who's getting ready to have this surgery, I pray, Lord, for that family. Lord, watch over them and keep them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you will just strengthen them. God, for Rhonda Miller's dad. God, for Joe Jackson right now and Moses and Sally. God, I pray, God, that you'll just touch them healing. God, these are people that need a healing touch. Randy needs a healing touch, God. I pray, God, for our pastors, God, in our region. I ask you, God, to touch them. Lord, I pray, move on them, God. Give them an outpouring of your spirit. I pray for the missionaries, God, that we have. Lord, I pray for Sarah and Jason, Lord, and, and, and Lucas in, in Wyoming, God, on the reservation. God, make a way, God. They have a financial miracle that needs to happen. God, I believe you can supply it. 
Father, I pray for the Rossens in Germany, Lord. And God, I pray that you will just reach down, Lord God, upon Brother and Sister Anisket, Lord, and, and for Global Hope, God, and, and for Jamal and all the team, God, that works in the Middle East. God, I pray for Pastor Callie and Cindy and the work that they're doing, God, the prayer meetings they have, God, every day. And the women that they're raising up, God, to be voices, oh Lord, in this generation to speak life. And God, for the things that are going to be happening, the revivals, God, that are breaking out all across this nation right now. God, I pray, God, that you will move. I'm believing, God, for an outpouring like nothing we've ever seen before. And the greatest harvest, God, that is coming right now. It is happening right now, right as we pray. God, you're moving upon sons and daughters. God, you're joining them back together. You're drawing them home. God, I believe it. And God, I praise you for it right now, and I give you the glory. I give you all the honor, God. I thank you, God, because we know, Lord God, that you are moving, and God, you are delivering, you are setting free, and God, you are doing, God, a complete work in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Amen, amen. I tell you what, I, I, when we have these prayer times, I don't know what's going on with you, but I can tell you from my own heart, man, I tell you, my heart gets so excited when I start thinking about all that God is doing. When I pray for these people, it, it, I, I'm, I really do, I believe God's going to raise them up. I believe that, that the Word of God is going forth and it's changing the circumstance and the situation in their life. I don't care what I see with my eyes, I know what the Word says. And I'm standing on the word. I, I, I like that song we used to sing, whose report do you believe? We're going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Well, I want to thank you tonight for joining with us. Thank you for spending this hour with us. God bless you. If you want to know more about Jubilee Worship Center, by all means, go to jubileeworshipcenter.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you don't have a home church to go to, why don't you come and check out Jubilee Worship Center? We're seated and located at 415 North Hobart Road, right here in Hobart, Indiana, just uh, less than a half a mile south of Route 6. We'd love to have you come and be a part of our service, and, and we would just welcome you with open arms. It would be great to see you. God bless you. Have a great night. Thank you so much again for being with us.